0: good morning good afternoon or good evening and welcome back to geeking in i am jam I'm your party host So grab your bourbon your beer or your brew half a sugar and almond milk just the way you like it and strap in for another however long conversation about <laughs> random stuff to be honest um To help me talk about random stuff, um, I have some random stuff experts, uh, starting with the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How are you doing, T? Hello,
1: listeners. Hello, gents. I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Random stuff, Jay. I feel like we had some direction on this podcast when we began, but I'm glad we now admit it's just completely and awfully random.
0: I mean, we had direction because we had news Uh and stuff that was happening. Um, however, month 96 of the pandemic With nothing <laughs> happening It's all getting a little bit squeaky But we'll get into that We have to be flexible And to do that, we need to bring in our flexible friend Very good uh, The Mr. Fantastic Our pajamaed prince that was promised Hey, B Hey um, Is finished Not the finish of the podcast but Finnish uh, for all of our, our listeners from Finland um, and any other other uh, areas that speak Finnish. Um, although it did just sound like "hey."
2: No, I, I can categorically say it was
0: "hey." Okay, well, let's clear that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So um, B, how much have you spent on comics in the last week?
2: On oh, my days. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want an honest answer or one yes. that's just completely fabricated? Um, no, let's a, give the honest answer. Probably about a hundred and fifty pounds going on. I, I I last week I did spend an awful lot on a one to two hundred um comic um concerning King in Black, um, which was a all symbiote front cover front and back wraparound cover. So uh and then be
1: explain what one to two hundred is.
2: Um so a comic bookshop has to order two hundred comics of a of that run to be able to order one of these comics. Is that is that yeah. clear? <laughs> kind so of. for
0: every two hundred standard print you get you get to you get to order one of these. One of these uh variant covers, yes.
2: Uh, so that's just £100, just the raw comic, and then uh, £35 on top to CGC it. And that's if it comes back as a 9.8 or 9.6 or 9.4, obviously hoping for a 10. Uh, but let's face it, that's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> so CGC, um, that's getting it graded to see what quality it is.
0: And slap and slabbed
1: yeah so absolutely. sealed in
0: acetate basically isn't it
1: yeah plastic so, yeah. So if you buy something straight from the shop and you don't do anything with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know does that automatically mean you're going to get a high school
2: no not necessarily because they literally look at everything they look at the corners the insides um they look at fingerprints if they've got fingerprints on it so it's quite serious business to be honest <laughs> um, and obviously it goes off to America um, to be uh, graded and then shipped back so there's always various things that could go wrong if it's, if it's not um, packaged correctly or uh, or anything or even you, you know it could get damaged when they open up the packaging who knows
1: Good Lord. So, so two questions I suppose. firstly is, is there not a British company that can grade comics yet no is the answer there's a there's a market from that i'm sure and the second question is how does one get a 10 or a 9.9 so
2: basically it's um printed and slabbed straight from the factory printing press okay without anyone touching it i mean it, it, it is it is achievable because obviously there are um tens out there um but they're extremely rare and obviously a 10 is worth a hell of a lot more money and you know the the, the value difference investment pro- pro- properties or whatever you want to call it the difference between a 10 9.9 9.8 and then a 9.6 is vast in some cases it's it's double
1: you know right so yeah so now all three of us have uh, comic book collections uh, yep. we've all got some rare ones I guess my big, my question is to you guys have you only have, have either resold anything
0: <laughs> are you joking
2: I'm like little babies
0: <laughs> no I've given stuff away yeah um, I have shared my collection um, but no I've never I've never sold anything.
1: I mean, I, I thumb through all my comics. I mean, there's literally nothing of good good quality, you know, nothing of that level. Even mm. my uh, trade paperbacks, the spines. all I mean, a friend of mine lent me uh, a comic once and then re- requested that I don't open the spine more than 45 degrees, at which point I promptly returned to him and said, no, <laughs> I cannot. I cannot deal with this responsibility.
2: <laughs> it, it, it is, It is a serious business. I mean, some comic book collectors will buy literally you know several different versions of the same comic and then a reader comic so they'll read the reader comic but then obviously keep the other ones for prosperity
0: and i mean i would imagine that's perfect for the digital age because you can buy your reader Mm. comic online Mm. and then you buy your 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 comic shop hard copy printed version for your slabbed and boarded collection Yep, absolutely. absolutely So an Incredible Hulk 181 First Ooh. Wolverine
2: Yeah
0: uh, CGC 9.0 1974 Bronze Age comic mm-hmm. um, Iconic, obviously, first appearance of Wolverine As I said um, What do we think? CGC 9.0, this is eBay Buy it now, price, so, what do we think?
1: We have now got first, so that's eBay, okay, and this is the 70s. Oh, And first Wolverine, 9.0, first Wolverine.
2: $700. Uh, I'm going for probably $650. Um,
0: CGC, 9.0, uh, Incredible Hulk, 181, first appearance of Wolverine, first full appearance of Wolverine they would like (laughs) (laughs) £8,995. Yeah,
2: there you go. See, and then if you can find a 9.8 in that, I can guarantee you that that would be worth literally, you know, tens of thousands.
1: Buy a house with that. So I've often heard nothing since the 90s uh, in terms of comics has really been worth any big money. And all my comics are post sort of nineties.
2: No, that's not true. That's not true. Okay. There, there, there are really some modern age comics um, that are worth tons and tons of money. I mean, there's there's big money to be made in if you buy and sell. <laughs> that is um, to be made in you know various incentive issues. So th- they're the ones like which are one to two hundred, you can get. 1 to 10, 1 to 25, 1 to 50, 1 to 100, 1 to 200, 1 to 3, 1 to 5, 1 to thou In fact, recently, uh, um, I had an email from a comic book um, website uh, offering me a comic uh, which was 1 to 5,000. Um, wow. And they were selling me that, which was raw uh, for 690- 699 pounds. And
1: Jordan, what does raw mean,
2: raw? Eh? Uh raw means just the comic. So not graded, not anything.
1: Right.
2: So as if you were buying it in, in off a shelf.
1: Well. You'd think something that's so rare, they'd they'd just slab it straight away. Absolutely. I declined,
2: obviously. <laughs> For now. I do look at it every hour on the hour though. <laughs> Was it not venom? Is that why you declined? Oh, my God, you know, I'm all Venom now at the moment. Um, No, it wasn't a Venom. It was a punchline.
0: Which is um, Joker's new girlfriend. That's right.
1: Very cool. Are most of your your rare comics all Venom?
2: (laughs) Recent ones, yeah, because everything seems to be Venom at the moment. I mean, King in Black is off the back of Venom. Um, it, it's, you know, the Donny Cates run was has been amazing. So, um, you know, but it's just got absolutely silly at the moment. There's so much hype um, around King in Black. Um,
1: we'll see. And do you think the value of all of these will shoot up around the time, say, the next Venom movie comes out and then drop down again? Um, most likely, Yes, there's always a spike
2: when um, movies are announced. I mean, you know, um, I was watching something on YouTube and they were talking about um, Dark Hawk, um, which is a new, well, I don't know if it's a new character or not, but it's... No, it's been um, around for a long time. Okay, so it's spiking because Marvel have registered the name, um, which may imply that there's um soon to be a cinematic appearance somewhere. he's
0: um he was a a character who had a crystal that gave him a a high-tech alien armor um sounds like very blue beetle very similar um very 90s in kind of you know shades of, of black and angular and stuff and claws and stuff um had a lot to do with pockets. Um, kind of had a lot to do with um, uh, Nova in the comics I read, so okay. would kind of fit with that and kind of the Annihilation stuff. Um, so could be could be cosmic. Could be under Guardians of the Galaxy three, maybe.
2: Well, we should see. I mean, they're definitely it's it's definitely spiking big time
0: do you have any um, uh slabbed comics yourself any CGC comics yourself
1: no nothing at all I, I, I read through everything multiple multiple times including like signed issues and signed, uh, signed trades and things like that I still read them
0: um, I have I think I've got a couple I've definitely got one which is one of the original Wolverine origin runs um, so yeah, I've got one or two, and, and it's funny just looking on eBay, kind of working through things. I also think I've got a one of one hundred, one in one hundred, uh, Haunt first issue as well, which was uh, very one good. of McFarlane's um, attempts to do other stuff um, apart, apart from Spawn and Spider-Man. It's a very yeah. Spider-Man it's a spider-man centric cover um because as much as it's not spider-man it looks like spider-man
2: See, and, and talking to spider-man asm um, amazing spider-man 300 is the comic which is seriously going through a roof literally two years ago you could have picked up um an asm 300 for probably about 200 pounds uh 200 dollars and now it's going anywhere, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 9.8. So if you've got ASM yep. 300 in your collection, worth worth taking it out and making sure When it's... does that
1: come out? When did ASM 300 come out? Um, should... um,
0: it is... Okay. Let me see what can I can find for you. Uh, so it's the Todd McFarlane First Venom... That's right. Uh, cover. Um, I can't see when this actually came out. Don't
1: tell me. Uh, I will tell you. I mean, it'll be 90s, obviously. Uh, Definitely 90s. That's right. Very cool.
0: Very cool. Uh, it was May. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: But it flies in the theory of my um, nothing since the 90s is worth that much. 1988, I think. Oh.
0: You might still be just right with your... Yes. May 1988. So your your logic of nothing in the 90s holds value. Can still kind of hold.
1: There you go. Um, yeah,
0: 335, 500... 600 um 9.8 cgc stein by stan lee chromium cover 2950. yeah people going crazy over it but i mean to your point so we've got a um uh, a, a cup we've got a, a copy there 335 pounds We've got a copy that is uh, CGC nine point two, eight hundred and fifty pounds. That's a nine So point the two, CGC yeah. has uh, added um, five hundred
2: quid potentially, but obviously, if you get it slabbed and it turns out to be a 7.0, right. it's not worth as much.
0: No, but would still be worth something, I, mm. I would imagine. Um, Yeah, and um, it's it's interesting to kind of see all this through, and, and it is very much about you know those spikes occur when we see people move from um, from the comic screens onto the the the, the TV or the film screens, um, and we might be getting some more news fairly soon. D twenty three is virtual this year, as as everything is. Um, And it's due to run for uh, next week, in essence, um, taking place from the 16th through to the 20th of November. So we'll watch that with interest to see what uh, comes through from that and what announcements and what trailers and and what news they have about uh, organizing everything. Two panels have been announced so far, Marvel 616 Uncovered and Marvel Comics celebrates 80 years of Captain America. Either of those grabbing your attention?
1: I think the most interesting Cap stories were the sort of the Ed Brubaker run which um, you know, the, the movies took a lot of inspiration from and movie Cap was done so well I kind of feel like I am happy and done with Cap I don't need any more from him I mean,
0: I'm interested to see what they do with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because they're taking the the John Walker U.S. agent run mm. Mm. Um, of, you know, Captain America is an icon. He is, a, he is a franchise. He is a title. He is our property. He is our, mm. our IP. So we can give someone else the Captain America mantle and continue, um, which obviously flies in the, the the face of Cap's wishes because he has bequeathed the shield and the title that goes with it. To um Sam Wilson mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's gonna be quite interesting to see because I always thought that's quite interesting as to, you know, where Captain America is where I where I like my Captain America is struggling between his patriotism and, and the politics of the day.
1: Mm-hmm. As yeah. long as he
0: doesn't turn into nomad with the, the very, very deep fee. <laughs> That was, that was very 90s as well, wasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. That would make a comeback
0: eventually. I cannot yeah. wait, because I think there are going to be certain things that as Marvel continues, and now they know they've just quite simply have everyone's money, um, I think there's going to be certain things that they do just as a nod to, to the, the fans who have been around forever and lived through some of this. So, I mean, we already see parts of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, can we, will we see at some point in a Marvel film or TV show, uh, the Captain America armor from the 90s? I'm
1: looking forward to Spider-Man clone saga coming back. It could
0: well be. Could be Mm. well,
2: could well happen. So in the comics, (laughs) Miles Molaris, uh, I can't even say his name, Molaris. Morales. More thank you. Has a clone, so um, could be, could be, and obviously with the game releasing imminently, um, Thursday, absolutely. So, have you pre-ordered? Uh, if I had a, a, PA, a PS5, yes, I would pre-order, but I haven't.
0: You're not picking up on PS4? Uh,
2: no, no, no.
1: Is it massively different looking on PS4?
2: Um, I, 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 I ex- expect the gameplay to be slightly different, quicker, perhaps on the PS Five.
1: Okay.
0: What do you think, Jay? I would imagine it's it's better. Um, how notably is is questionable? Um, you know, if you gave me a choice between playing it on PS Five and PS Four, I'd probably pick PS Five. However, I don't have a PS Five, and I do have a PS Four, so um, my game. Um, we'll hopefully be turning up on Thursday. Have you pre-ordered? I have. Wow. Okay. Review next week then. <laughs> and one of the one of the things that 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 made me want to pre-order um, was the pre-order bonus, which is available to unlock during game as well. But the pre-order bonus is the Miles Morales Spider-Verse suit. Ooh. So you get to play and and the, the the power one of the powers from that suit. Is a slightly stuttery um, uh, effect um, with kind of the powers and the whatever's, um, so it plays like Spider Verse runs um, like the animation in Spider Verse. Oh, that should be pretty cool. So I am I am looking forward to to that.
1: Um, so the so, thing is, it's not out yet. If you still pre-order, would you still get all of the bonus?
0: You should do because mm. yeah, it's it's Thursday's the release. Mm. Um, it is it has it has unlockable in game as far as I know. It's not a just an exclusive. Um mm. So I, th- I think you can still get it in other ways. You just get it quicker and earlier with a pre-order. Mm. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it, it looks an amazing game. Um, loved the first one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So we shall see. Um. Spider-Verse has just dropped onto Netflix. I, I watched
2: it recently again on Netflix.
0: So I watched it recently again, and I watched it with my son who's seen it before, and, and I took him to the cinema. It was his first Marvel film in the cinema. Um I'm counting it even though it's it's technically spunk. Um uh but my my five-year-old daughter watched it. Mm. And um wasn't hugely interested and wasn't hugely invested until Spider Gwen swung in, beat everyone up and then ripped her mask off to reveal herself to be um a girl, at which point my daughter was in. Oh. And has asked to watch it again since. So um yeah, Spider Gwen has uh, has has made a spider fan of um my daughter still not her most popular superhero she's still a Captain Marvel stan
2: (laughs) yeah you see Miles and Gwen are the um, rising stars of of Marvel comics at the moment there's there's so much speculation about them so much speculation
0: so the other Spider-Man speculation that's going on at the moment is that the new Spider-Man film, which has started shooting, um, the third Tom Holland, the third Marvel-associated film, um, will give a little bit of background to the death of Peter's parents. Um, And it looks as if they may be steering into what's kind of become sort of canon since uh the logic that they were spies and were, oh, were man.
1: bumped. That's never interesting. Has it been well done in the comics at all? Because it's just always been a drop thread, isn't it?
0: Not that I've seen. I know it was kind of I mean, it was mainly in the um ultimates universe, I think, it was the first time they really kind of doubled down on um that they were Richard and Mary Parker were, were killed in a plane crash because of their um, spy activity.
1: I think the whole, the whole thing behind Spider-Man, the thing behind Peter Parker is he's just such an ordinary nerdy guy. You know, I think one of the sort of failings of the um, amazing Spider-Man films is uh, Pete was so cool. You yep. know, he had his skateboard and he was, sort of, you know, and he just thought, you know, what we want is this kind of mega nerd who's a nobody and it's broke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just happened to be that Spider-Man that changed of all for him. And I just feel like the, the spy parents thing just takes away. You know, he he's already got that interesting thing, thing about him, which is his Spider-Man. Not all he discovers, you know, his parents are spies and this and that. Um, and he's already so, got you know, the, the tragedy of Uncle
0: Ben to drive him on. I don't think he needs another... Yeah. Tragedy of, of avenging someone to, to make it happen. I feel it takes away from it. it it's funny because it, it it never was part of canon. It's just that they died and that he was with his aunt and uncle and then his uncle died. Mm. And it was never discussed as to who they were or where they were or why they were. It was just kind of like, well, they're not there.
1: Yeah.
0: And I never bumped into that. There was never a problem with me with that. Mm.
1: So spider home, 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 homey home. It doesn't need to have also my parents are spies. But there you go. I suppose they're trying to now build it into its own spunk verse, right? So it needs to kind of work in that world as well. So maybe this opens up some opportunities.
2: I thought Venom was going to make a appearance in, in this Spider-Man film. No, I think that would be more... Of interest to me, I think, to be honest, and then any of his parents being super sleeves.
1: So he's already got Tony Stark, you know, the father figure. Obviously, there's the Uncle Ben stuff, which we've not seen much of with Tom Holland. And now we're going to get another parental figure, another dead parent. Oh. Oh.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, so in theory, um, this film potentially has the continued fallout of, of Tony Stark and and that such like, the fact that his secret identity is no longer secret.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they'll carry on with that or do you think they'll just be like, oh, yeah, fake news, carry on?
2: No, <laughs> they have to carry on because uh, Morf- Morbius links into this, doesn't it? How does that work? Well, in the Morbius trailers, they had um, posters of Spider-Man with the word murderer. But Morbius
1: is um, spunk, right? Not MCU. So, But the
0: the Tom Holland Spider-Man covers both. Yeah. Okay. It's just that the rest of them don't technically. So Spider-Man can turn up in Morbius or Venom, but Morbius or Venom can't turn up in... Captain Marvel,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. God, it's going to get confusing. Did the blip happen in Spunk then?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if, if Tom Holland's in
1: there, then yeah, I would imagine so. So, in the Spunk world, where, you know, if we think about the Venom film, actually, they're already part of a huge so just universe. for any
0: any of our listeners who have just joined us and don't understand, Spunk is not us being dismissive <laughs> of this. It's the Sony Pictures Perfect. universe of Marvel characters.
1: Yeah, we didn't come up with this.
0: No, no. Because, you know, we're in essence man-children and therefore we wouldn't have come up with a, a, a title that makes us laugh every time we say it. <laughs> Save that for geeking in after dark. (laughs) Yes. Available on Bees OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) So we have very little interest in... uh, It's very funny because the other father figure that usually comes up in the Spider-Man films that we've not seen in this one is Norman Osborn.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And again, you've got the brilliance. You've got the science. You've got the mm. Peter Park. You've got the the Tony Stark style scientist, inventor, father figure,
1: driven mad by his own invention style thing. He just he won't fall for it, right? Because he's or he he had Tony Stark, and then he sort of fell for it a little bit with um, Mysterio, and you know the sort of. I guess more of a sibling type relationship, but you know, it feels like he'd be on his guard now. So if, if a dodgy Norman Osborn starts hanging around him, he wouldn't so easily fall for it. But I think you can do Norman, uh, Norman Osborn for me is a tragedy mm.
0: in the sense that he's not, he didn't set out to be evil. He'd set out to be better. He set right. out to do great stuff and then was driven insane by the goblin serum. And, and you know, that, 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 intellectual spark of this is taking too slow. I'll do it myself. Mm. Um, and that's the bit in the sense that, you know, the Norman Osborne he knew is lost to the green goblin. Right. Right. And if he's been involved in some way in inventing this and I should have been there cause I wouldn't have, t- I wouldn't have let him test it and blah, blah, blah. Then there's your tragedy in regards to, you know, him taken away from him losing f- the guy rather than, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be, it's going to be, but yes, I mean, there's lots of rumours and speculation because we obviously have the speculation of um, this being the live action Spider-Verse launch pad with Andrew Garfield and, and Tobey Maguire coming back in. Um, so there's a lot that's rumored to be in this story.
1: Because that's the tradition with the third Spider-Man film. You just jam in everything you can. (laughs) (laughs) Including a dancing Spider-Man.
0: If if he doesn't have a dancing Spider-Man, I can't see what it's doing. But I, I mean, this is the problem with, with, With Spider-Verse being so rich, there's a belief they can do it now. So, yeah, how far do we go on this? When, When do we get introduced to Miles Morales? When do we get
1: introduced to Gwen Stacy?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, if there's any lesson to learn from the MCU is that you don't need to rush this stuff, right? You know, you can take your time and tell a story over many, many years and And you'll make your money along the way. Yes, you know, the Avengers billions are a little while down the road, but (laughs) no other film has made a loss in that time that will be profitable.
2: Hmm. I mean, you know, Sony has a massive opportunity to do this. Absolutely right. Um, Let's just hope that they can.
0: We shall see. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, you said third films are are, are usually jam-packed and rammed with everything. Um, and another third that we're having is um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 um, is starting to pick up the pace now that The Suicide Squad is coming to an end in production. Um, and uh, James Gunn has uh, said on Twitter... Um, that the script is written and that most of the productions heads have been hired. Um, he then answered a fan question about whether the screen the script had changed much from where he was previously attached to it um, uh, in his in his hiatus, um, to which he had said that there is very little change. Um, and uh, uh, Karen Gillen, um, Nebula um was asked about it um asked what she thought about it uh she said uh, when it was going to start she said i don't know exactly i think it'll be in the next couple of years but i've read volume three and i think it's the best of the trilogy i know we're all really excited to have james back as our fierce leader so we're all looking forward to getting back together so star of film or one of the stars of film says it's really good probably isn't a huge headline.
1: Karen Gillen is also a big fan of the stuff she's in. And I don't just mean she's a fan of herself, but <laughs> which probably <laughs> is. But, you know, she is someone who's mega enthusiastic about Jumanji and Doctor and Who.
0: And, I mean, uh... I'm a big fan of what she's in as well, to be honest, because, you know, I thought the Jumanji films were great um, and the Guardians of the Galaxy films were great.
1: So, and it, it, there is some, yeah, and and when when you see that genuine joy of someone making something and really being into it, and like, I don't know, with her she like collecting her own action figures and all sorts, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it really brings you along for the journey. I think, I think it's great. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting that it's getting going. This is the Asgardians, of the galaxy, right? So we'll have Thor with them. Yep. And it's going to be. I mean, Thor is such a personality. He's such a huge character. It's. You have to go in a different way than you've gone, right? The family of the Guardian, you know, a lot of it is going to be about Thor. Any Anytime Thor is on screen, the focus will be on him. It won't be on the team as a whole, you know? So how do you make uh, Drax not melt away and Groot kind of get forgotten about because you've got Chris Hemsworth walking around.
0: I mean, Drax can just disappear into the background as we established last week. <laughs> <laughs> this is true.
2: <laughs> this is true. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's it, you know, T makes a very valid point. I mean, Thor will be the star if if he does, you know, if if he does get most of the screen time on on number three.
0: I think you're right, but James Gunn's incredibly good at ensemble style films, um, and I think we all felt fairly similar of that opinion of Baby Group going into Volume 2, in the sense of he was such a, 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 a revolutionary, you know, just inspiring, grabbed out of nowhere um, fan favorites at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 to the point where they had no. Toys planned, no merchandise planned for Baby Group, because they hadn't even occurred to them that that was going to be something that that captured, um, which you know Essie was thrilled about because they move quicker than than a lot of other things. That um, I think everyone expected, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy two to be Baby Group's film, and he still managed to zigzag through a hell of a lot with that, um, and. Michael Rooker and the Ravagers and Nebula's redemption arc and uh, Kurt Russell's ego and you know and 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 bringing Mantis in blah 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 so it's um, uh, you know he, he is very very good at kind of getting the balance um, and working out those points of uh, of, of
1: comedy versus drama I mean, the, 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 I think it's going to be a great film. I mean, two to me wasn't anywhere near as good as the first film. No. Um, and I, I feel less and less interested in Star Lord every time I see him. I kind of want him to have less and less screen time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I like Chris Pratt and I like the humour, but they've they it feels like they've done the Star Lord story. Hmm. So he's he's. You know, depowered now. We know why he was taken from Earth. We know his father. We know Yondu. We've we've seen the Star Lord arc. The only bit left is is you know the Gamora love
1: story again. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I so we've seen Star Lord. We've seen Gamora's story, and we've seen um, Nebula's story play out. Drax, we've not seen much of, things. other
0: than the fact that he wanted Thanos and and Ronan. Um, mm. Rocket, there's a whole backstory as to how he became him. Yeah. Um, Mantis, we've not seen much of. So yeah, I mean, there's other stories to tell,
1: and and Rocket probably of that is the most interesting, I think. Um, and Rocket's uh, dynamic with uh, Thor was amazing. Yeah. So I'm sure we could build off some of that. So yeah, I mean, it's,
0: I, I think it'll be an interesting story because uh, they always are. Um, but I think you know the, the the comedic tone of it was was brilliant. I did enjoy one more than two, but part of that I think is that one caught me by surprise in a way that I, that I you know two was was one of those I was I was slightly I, would, I was more hyped for and therefore didn't quite reach those mm-hmm. levels. It's, I, I still very much enjoy it. The soundtrack's not as good, though, and and the the film just doesn't quite have the same moments for me.
2: Mm. No, no, I, I I'd agree. Um, but, I mean, two two was was good, and it certainly, you know, brought in him to the fore Which we're kind of hoping that it will make an appearance at number three.
0: Yep. Yep. Whether they pay that off or not it was one for us to see.
2: I certainly hope so because he'll be a great great
0: character great character he will an uh, and adonis um the, the 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 most perfect person um and it's a shame because you know the, the perfect person to play the perfect person um is already potentially under a marvel contract because you know ryan reynolds would be would be ideal for it but um he is busy being lined up for Deadpool. Apparently, more Deadpool. Um, however, the, the the stories coming out are that Deadpool, the, the Marvel and Ryan Reynolds, are incredibly keen to try and do less with Deadpool in the mask going forward. Oh, interesting. They want the Deadpool films to show Ryan Reynolds' face more behind the mask as Wade Wilson, since he doesn't want to be in under the mask as much. Um, this for me feels very similar to the Pedro Pascal is unhappy with, um, being the Mandalorian because the amount of time he has to spend under the mask stories, um, because Pedro Pascal isn't actually under the mask very much in the Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, that story sounded like BS. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is a very handsome man, and I can understand why, if you were making a film with Ryan Reynolds, you'd want to show his face. But he is making many films where he's showing his face. Um,
0: and the other thing at the moment, so it depends on how they they get around this. But as I would I would believe that if this is a Ryan Reynolds thing of I don't want to be under the mask as much then if the alternative is the hours that you spend in the prosthetics chair to put on the scarred and disfigured makeup you need to be maskless i'd imagine the mask is is preferable far easier just to
1: take off at the end of a shoot and i mean he just loves the character you know i don't think his ego about being showing his face on, on a marvel film beats his love of the character. You know, they were very keen in the first film to do the whole thing in thirds, right? So you're a third in prosthetics, third in the mask, and third is Ryan Reynolds face. Yeah. And then the second film, you know, this is the next sta- stage of that, so you don't get Ryan Reynolds face as much. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> he likes being, Deadpool, there's, a, there's an Instagram video of them spending like four or five hours doing the prosthetics. And then at the end of it, he looks in the mirror and just goes, No, 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 this is all wrong, and just rips it all off. And it's a great gag. I mean, it's it's a sped up thing and it's a great gag, but Jesus Christ. The man can take some punishment, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, as he said, as long as it's not computer animated, he's fine. Um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't I don't know there's much to this, to be honest. I um it feels as I said, it feels like it's spun out the Pedro Pascal-Mandalorian story. I still call shenanigans on the Pedro Pascal-Mandalorian story. There's three people who played the Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal is one of them. Um, there's one who does more of the weapon stuff. There's one who does more of the fighting stuff. Most of Pedro Pascal's performances in the, the voiceover booth. Hmm. Um, as documented in something- the gallery.
1: Yeah, that's something they've been really open about the whole time. You know, if not hidden that fact at all, um, it's just it's just maybe it's lack of content, the lack of news for so them making things up. So they can't do what we do, off-the-cuff nonsense. It's true. <laughs> you see, the lack of di- direction, the randomness <laughs> comes
0: through quite heavily. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it is possible. It's possible that, you know, what they're doing here is – you know, creating stories. It could be that's their, that's how they get their kicks. That could be that's you know their guilty pleasure.
1: Very good.
0: Which leads us on to what we're going to talk about next. So, as you know, last week we were talking about uh, some of our favourite styles of the archetypes of monsters that that were available, and we talked about some of the films that we loved like Mystery Man and Teen Wolf and and a few other ones Um, T talked at length about his love of The Mummy and The Mummy Returns and and that got us talking in the week about what other films that we liked those kind of guilty pleasure kind of films Um, uh, those films that you know aren't necessarily good films but are still great films um, so I thought we thought we'd have a bit of a conversation about some of our favourites um, uh, and uh, share some of our, our secret guilty pleasure films um, now obviously part of this is going to be interesting because what some people would consider guilty pleasure films B just considers really really good films what, what, what do you mean well, for some people, Batman Robin, for instance, brilliant movie,
2: deserved. Could the be
0: the pleasure. <laughs> it's there's nothing guilty about the pleasure you get from that film. You are you are a a, a flag wearing flag wearing flag waving <laughs> card carrying fan of that film. I am indeed. Um, so, you know, what what you consider your guilty pleasure bearing in mind what you're quite upfront about, we we, I think we're all interested to find out. Um, but we're gonna start with T. T, what would you like to suggest as one of your guilty pleasure films?
1: Um, I'm really into the daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. <laughs> it is awful. It's an awful movie. But it's really I just really like it. I've watched it loads. It's weird. The director's cut is actually, I think, you know, an alright film. Especially with the director's commentary where he's just there basically apologizing for most of the film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a really good movie. You you're quite right. It is.
0: I I, I feel I'm on record talking about my love of, of the Daredevil, Ben Affleck Daredevil film. Um I did watch it again the other day. It was on TV um the other day. So I was watching huge chunks of it, and it is deliciously awful.
2: It's <laughs> a good movie.:
1: the, my, the- my favorite thing about it, apart from you know, the, the random fight between the woman and the blind guy, was um, his calling card where he painted the DD on petrol on the petrol station. Sorry, in the train station, which only they have to find because Cipher threw a cigarette at it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but it's very watchable. The worst
0: lawyer in the world who can't get anyone through the legal system, so has to go and beat him up at night. Um, yeah, I mean, even I watched... with
1: his magic powers of, you know, I can tell totally when you're lying.
0: I watched the um, the fight scene where Ben Affleck and Elektra. Meet uh, um, Matt Murdock and Electra meet um, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, who who fell in love this, in this film and went on to uh, get married and have, have some beautiful children. Um, but um, it's the most ridiculous, over the top fight before you fold into the fact that he's meant to be blind. <laughs> Any any fight that's on two seesaws at the same time automatically has my attention.
2: It was a great, great shot that, I thought. It <laughs> it was very artistically done.
1: I mean just minutes not- before that, he smelt a beautiful woman
2: walking outside the <laughs> window. Uh, uh, well, have you not seen Centful Woman?
0: Hoorah! <laughs> 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 um <laughs> Um there are parts of that film I love. I love the, um, the the portrayal of him of someone that's just beaten up and broken down. It's the scars on his body, the, the 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 amount of painkillers he he has um, as part of his nightly ritual, the you know the the pulling out the loose tooth in the shower, mm. and just one of those things that happens because you know if you're if you're going to fight and get punched in the face a lot that's what happens and then the the heightened senses and having to sleep in a in a deprivation chamber basically to try and and offset just the noise that you constantly hear because of your heightened senses i thought was was quite nicely done and there was some obviously some really good kind of um homages to um frank miller's run um in quite, you know, some scenes and some dialogue that was lifted straight out um, Colin Farrell as Bullseye was Bullseye, yeah. bizarre <laughs> killing the woman on the plane with a peanut <laughs> <laughs> now we've all the thing that, come on <laughs> oh that's <was> brilliant <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good start. I was looking back because I I know I have talked about my love of of this film before and I was looking back to see whether I've I've actually recommended it but it doesn't look like I have. Which I feel is an opportunity lost.
2: But now I'm sure Um, our listeners will grab this opportunity.
0: I think they should. Um, One, I cannot with good conscience or good heart Recommend, but is one of my favorite films of all time is a film called Best of the Best. Um, It's a 1989 martial arts film um, starring Philip Ree, um, Eric Roberts, so Julia Roberts' brother, uh, James L. Jones as the coach, Chris Penn is in it. Um, and the first film, The Best of the Best, 1989, is about a team of American martial artists who are brought together to face uh, a South Korean martial arts team in a martial arts tournament. Um, so it's very kind of Rocky-ist kind of, you know, how it works. Um, they come together, they over, you know, all of these weird characters and they all kind of come together and learn how to to play a part together and blah 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 and and win as a team and learn from each other Um, and it's a cool Rocky-esque film Um, it then spawned Best of the Best 2 in 1993 Uh, Eric Roberts and Philip Reed returned Um, this one kind of went into underground gladiator fights um, where one of their former teammates gets into financial trouble, has to do this fight and gets killed. So they go to get revenge and stuff. Um, but still, you know, fight tournament kind of thing. Um, thematically, there's a little bit there that you can see. Um, however, when they get to best, best three, no turning back in 1995, it starts going a little bit off the rails. Um <laughs> They're all great, by the way. They're all they're all amazing, um, but now you're into um, uh, Philip Bree, uh, his character Tommy, um, Tommy Lee. Uh, Philip Bree re- directed, wrote, and produced this film. By the way, um, uh, is uh, looking after a small town called Liberty, which uh, a vicious group of neo Nazis terrorize, and he steps in. Um, to, to save the day and to beat the bad guys and run the the, the neo Nazis out of town because uh, he just happens to be visiting his brother in law, um, so uh, yeah, it suddenly becomes him being kind of the the town's protector, a little bit Walker Texas Ranger style thing. Mm-hmm. And then Best of the Best Four Without Warning uh, came out in nineteen ninety eight. Again, written, directed, and produced by Philip Bree. Um, and this time he's taking Russian mobsters who have stolen U.S. currency and are flooding the market with counterfeit bills. Um, but you can see how that moves from a guy fighting in a martial arts tournament. Um, they're all beautifully trashy. So, um, yeah, they're some of my, my, my guilty pleasure films.
1: Is the entire franchise.
0: The entire franchise, for various reasons. I love Best of the Best because it's a great martial arts, Rocky-esque film. I love the rest of them because they're batshit crazy. Hmm. So is this kind of like Bloodsport-esque kind of thing? Um, same sort yeah. of time? time? Similar. Uh, a little bit later. Hmm. So Bloodsport was kind of earlier in the 80s, I think. But a little bit later, you know, similar kind of thing. Um, yeah, it starts that way, and then comes into your kind of die-hard, um, walking tall. Uh, I guess later Van Dam films without warning. Uh, uh, what was it? Without warning? No, I can't remember the one. He was the Van Dam was the 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 guy in New Orleans with a, a, a mullet. Oh, moving um, target.
2: Is there something nowhere? Oh, I can't remember. I mean, there were so you know, many.
0: yeah, it, it could be like one of them. name <laughs> um, generator. Uh, but uh yeah, no, it's it's it it's similar kind of um selection. I think. Hard target. I said hard target, yeah. Not to be confused with nowhere to run. Or Double Impact, or Death Warrant, or <laughs> Sudden Death, No Retreat, No Surrender. Oh, that was a great movie. No that was a great movie. It was a good movie. Remember that. Um, yeah, so it's that kind of element. I mean, I do have an entire different genre of, of guilty pleasures in a different way, in the sense that, you know, I I, I love mere romantic comedy. Um, so, you know, um, uh, Oh, what's it called? About time, I think it is, with Domino Gleason. Oh, that's a good film. Uh, so he can time travel, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel McAdam and Bill Nayer, in that one is amazing. Oh, Rachel McAdam. Good, um. Um, uh And um, my my favourite of that is of that genre is is when Harry met Sally. Obviously, um, just an absolute brilliant film. One of my one of my favourite films, irrespective of genre. Um, I think Billy Crystal is, is hilarious and amazing and um, Meg Ryan's Sally is um, equal parts, just just perfectly balanced combination of um, neurotic and sassy. And, and everyone knows I love sassy. So um, just, yeah, just a, an amazing film. So that's that's a different kind of uh, guilty pleasure for me, I think. But B, what do you class as your pleasure? Your... I've been waiting
1: for this.
2: Well, there's so many to mention, but I fear we've only got what another 24 hours. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, some notable mentions. I was going to um talk about my love for um Mortal Kombat, it's a great movie. Um, oh, that is, it is a great movie. Um, Street Fighter, another great movie.
0: With John Claude Van Damme.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um and Kylie. Was... Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant performance by Kylie. <laughs> and um then I thought There's some great lines in that film. Ronald really just killed it. Mm. And yeah, his last film, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah, it was. Yeah. Um but then I thought, okay, what do I really, really like which possibly um, you know, may not get the recognition it deserves. And you know, there's several. <laughs> so prepare. Uh, if list. if this is, a, <laughs> this is a porn genre <laughs> that you feel. <laughs> no, no. The, the, I want to talk about a movie called Battle Beyond the Stars um i so know not, it yeah it was a 1980 movie and i absolutely loved this i remember watching this um as a wee nipper um and i was just blown away by how crazy it was um you know the aliens uh, who don't talk um but kind of talk amongst themselves um Robert Vaughan I thought was brilliant. Um John Boy, uh can't remember his his real name. Uh from Walton Fame. Um I thought he was actually good. It's the only other movie that I can actually remember him starring in.
0: Um He was he was in the T V ad update, the Tim Curry version of um it. Was he? Okay. The other one.
2: Oh, there you go. Um but yeah, I th- I thought this was such a good movie, such a good movie, and it it I don't think it sort of reached its potential, to be honest. Um, Richard Thomas,
0: is that's his own name?
2: That's him. That's the that's the fella. That's uh, the chap. So yeah, that's um. I was also going to go with the Last Starfighter, which again was a, a Oh, excellent yeah which um, was another one that I liked. And, you know, such a great sort of story. Um,
1: Pete, we're agreeing with you on all your guilty pleasures. I know. I feel weird. weird.
0: (laughs) These are an easier sell to us than some of the other ones you've put in. So (laughs) Battle Beyond the Stars, Um, I remember being um, almost a a remake of, uh, or an homage to... um, uh Seven Samurai and Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Um yeah. so you know, really interesting because this obviously is everyone trying to get into space after the success of Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Um Star Wars borrowed heavily from Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. And therefore they borrowed heavily from Seven Samurai.
2: Hmm. Yeah,
0: it was great,
2: great little movie and such a good cast as well, you know. Um yeah, Mr. Pepard. um can't Robert remember. Vaughan. Robert yeah. Vaughan, yeah. John Saxon, Saxon, I think his name was. Yep. Um, yeah, great character cast. I thought Robert Vaughan was brilliant in it. Didn't say much. Moody, brilliant. Saves the day, dies. Sorry. I've spoiled it. No, one's, no one needs to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll we'll loop back to that one later um yeah can you cut that bit out (laughs) (laughs) no um because that's work um yes the last starfighter um that was the computer game
2: one wasn't it it was yeah um it was well if i remember right um this guy uh, this kid becomes really really good at it and then he discovers that the guy who actually designed, programmed the game is actually seeking pilots to go out and fight a war. It's, uh,
0: yeah, it's a recruitment thing, isn't it? it? To, to yeah. test the, and find the greatest pilots. It's such a trope that's been used um, a million times since. Mm. That logic of the computer game to to, to work through. I remember um, the the much... Maligned and short-lived, and and really to get a, a a relaunch and a reboot kind of thing. Um, Clark's the animated Clerks the animated series, the the short-lived run of of animation from um, Kevin Smith based on the Clerks film. Mm. Um, they had one where Randall um, uh, excelled in a, a game called like Pyramid Maker or, or Pyramid Builder or something. And it turned out to be a battle beyond the star, a a, um, last star fighter style thing. Um, so he was transported back in time to ancient Egypt to be a slave to build pyramids. Brilliant! Brilliant. (laughs) Oh,
2: brilliant. See, they don't write him like that
1: anymore. Well, they do. Um, Ready Player One's author, his next. Book, which has been thing for a film, is exactly that. Armada is that story exactly.
0: huh. not Ready Player Two. <laughs> due out, which <laughs> is also coming. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's due out this month or next month.
2: Do you, do you actually think it's going to come out,
1: or is it just due?
0: It's
1: due. I, I, I don't okay. know. Yeah, no further news from those
0: things. They seemed fairly, fairly certain, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, he's not quite J- George R.R. R. R. Martin with these things, is he? So I would imagine if they were publicising it and giving it release dates, it's because they held a copy of the manuscript in their hands. But um, who knows? T, do you have any others that, that jump out at you?
1: Be um, one you might like. I'm a fan of Batman Forever. Yeah.
0: It's
2: a good shot.
1: I like the He Man film,
2: Master of the Universe. You know what? That is such a good movie.
0: <laughs> With Dolph and, and Colin Yeah,
2: you know what? It, it And Grill. <laughs> yeah. It is so underrated that movie. I remember watching it and being blown away by that. I mean, you know, given that it, it was slightly inaccurate to the actual animated cartoon, but you know, give it that a little bit.
1: Plus, if you watch it as a as a um, uh, uh, what do you call it a uh, thing, okay, it works pretty well. So it's basically
0: the new God story, but kind of humanified. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait. I'm I'm gonna give a plug to um one that was a very early recommendation from me. Um so you know, everyone I think everyone acknowledges that the Brandon Lee Crow film is
2: mm.
0: a cult classic.
2: It is. Um
0: so much so that many uh, people have tried to, to reboot and run away from it um, spawned a lot of spin offs, including a TV show um, but um, it spawned uh, a number of, of sequels um, and one of my favorites is the fourth in the uh, fourth and final crow film final so far crow film uh, crow wicked prayer uh, two thousand and five and it is just the most incredible 90s cast you would ever see. So, um, Jimmy Cuervo, the the, the star, is played by um, Edward Furlong of Terminator 2 fan. Um, He is up against a satanic biker gang um, who's uh, led by Luke Death Crash, who's played by David Boreanaz of Angel fame. Um, And his fiancée, Lila Byrne, who is obviously Tara Reid. Um, You've got um, uh, Tito Ortiz in there. You've got um, uh, Dennis Hopper in there as El Nino. Um, Danny Trejo's in there. It's just the most bizarre cast for a B-list Crow sequel. They've had some very interesting characters in, in the Crow films. Uh, Kirsten Dunst was in the third one. Wow. Wow. That is um some fame.
2: Um <laughs> I I to be honest, I, I love the first um Crow. Um and, you know Brandon Lee I thought had such a career ahead of him, such a loss. Mm-hmm. Um yep. I, I couldn't bring myself to watch Crow 2, 3, or 4 or the TV series.
0: Um uh, two's interesting. Um because again it's got some very interesting people in there, so Iggy Pop's in there, um Ian Dury's in there, and a few others. Um three salvation is quite weird. As I said, it's Kirsten Dunst um, and, and Eric Mabius. Um, four's weird. And then The Crow 2037 was uh, being written and was scheduled to be a Rob Zombie film, um, but never got made. final really? round to you do you have anything else that you want to, to fess up to as a guilty pleasure
2: <clears throat> well interesting you should ask um, I am on a bit of a, a, a um, sort of space kick at the moment and I want to throw uh, Buck Rogers uh, into the equation because um, I remember watching it every Saturday and it was brilliant
1: biddy, biddy. Biddy.
2: as the one brilliant Brilliant acting, brilliant special effects, uh, had everything.
0: Buck Rogers of the twenty fifth of the twenty fifth century. That's the one. And he was quite, wasn't he? Uh, kind of Flash Gordon, in the sense of um, got yeah, ma- thrown through time. Yeah.
2: Man out of time.
0: That's the one. Yeah. So interestingly, and this is a bit of an aside, but we were talking about Defenders of the Earth a couple of weeks ago, I think that's yeah. right. Um, we were talking about flash Gordon and and Defenders of the Earth, and we were saying how rife it is for a remake and reboot and everything because of um uh, was it Chris Hemsworth was doing Flash Gordon? Mm-hmm. It was the news we were talking about Necker, um, Necker NECA toys. Uh, known for their incredibly highly detailed uh, range of toys, very much so involved in the um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line at the moment, um, have announced they're doing a Defenders of the Earth line. So the first series is going to be Flash Gordon, The Phantom, and Ming the Merciless. Oh, that's
1: awesome.
0: So with highly detailed, highly articulated toys on the horizon... Surely a remake and reboot are not far behind. And again, just after we've talked about it. So, you know, the ears of the world are on us. Trendsetters. Very much so. So I think we should use our power for good and set the ears of the world something interesting to watch, read or do in the next week before we come back in other words our recommendations <laughs> um be what have you got for us this week
2: right so although possibly i may have given the ending away I. <laughs> would... <laughs> I, I would
0: so this is reckon... why i said we're going to come back to it because would... <laughs> you said about you know, we, we we mentioned briefly and you said, oh, I think I might do one of my my guilty pleasures as my recommendation. And then the moment you kind of talked through and gave the ending away, I thought, I wonder if that's what he's going to have as a recommendation. Now that he's spoiled the story, <laughs> is he now going to loop around and say, but I recommend you all watch it?
2: Yes, I am, because <laughs> it's so much more than uh, Robert Vaughan's performance. Uh it, I thought you were just going to say it again, <laughs> just, no, just double I'm down not. on it. I'm not, just to make sure you didn't hear it the first time round. Um, it it really is such a such a good movie, and it it has all the famous stars that you'd ever want to watch. It has space, um, old style shootouts. Um, it has duels. Um, has a lot has a father figure in George Peppard, you know, what else would you want?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it is, it's one we've just talked about. It's one we've, we've, we've said about, um, being interested in. So I think it's, uh, definitely one to, um, definitely one to check out. um, Good, so that's that's Battle Beyond the Stars as a recommendation. Uh, T, what would you recommend to us?
1: I have just started rereading the Expanse novels. Um, There's eight of them out so far, but the last one due uh, at the end – oh, sorry, in the middle of next year. Um, I was going to wait until the last one came out before I did my reread, but actually I just kind of missed being in that world. Uh, So uh, eight books out. There is obviously the TV series coming out as well. But, you know, as it's winding down towards the end, now is a really good time, I think, to pick up on that. So James A. Corey's uh, uh, Expanse novel starting with Leviathan Wakes.
0: Very cool. I've never read any of those, so um, I might might. check them out at some point. Um, I'm going to recommend a series that I've just finished um, on Netflix um, called Blood of Zeus. Yeah it is um uh greek mythology mm-hmm. um gods demigods uh titans monsters um it is um beautifully drawn beautifully animated yeah um it's it's pretty violent so you know it's it's not one of those for your kids um but it is a a, a good watch about them gods titans demigods and humans um so uh, all series all of the episodes are on netflix mm-hmm. uh, all eight of them so uh check it out and i think series two is already in production so we won't have to wait too long
2: that's a really good shout jay really good shout
0: and that brings us to the end so um if you have um Liked any of our guilty pleasures, if you have some of your own that you feel we should have talked about, if you um, want to, to talk about anything that we've been talking about today, uh, reach out and get in touch at Geeking and Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, get involved in the conversation. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to rate, review, subscribe and share and help us grow this podcast and this, this conversation and this family beyond and beyond and beyond. Um, continue to look after yourselves during lockdown 2.0. Um, uh, great fun um, But we will do everything we can to continue To uh, to entertain, amuse And just distract uh, As everyone I think needs At the moment So mm-hmm. look after yourself, look after each other And we will speak to you again next week Adios well-
2: Cheerio